Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from one of our special guests. God is so good. What a, what a treat to be here at The Rock. I know uh, so much has happened this uh, last 12 months since I've been with you. And if I could uh, prophesy or proclaim what was uh, going to be in our future, I could have never imagined how 2020 was going to unfold. And all of us, I think, live kind of... Uh, uh, with surprises throughout our days and weeks and months and trying to figure out life. But I, I just was so encouraged by these songs tonight about the love of the Father. You know, the love of God in Christ is like that furious longing that swallows us up. And this is the safest place to be. And I love the lyrics of the song we sang about the, just the presence of the love of God in our lives and how it secures us in all things and through all things. And I want to show you tonight some things that I think are going to bless you and refresh you abundantly. So Pastor Dan, thanks so much for the invitation. You and Pastor Jessica are amazing leaders. I tell you, Pastor Dan, Pastor Jessica, full of wisdom, leading through times like this and doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, I'm just thrilled with what God is doing here at The Rock and uh, the ministry expressions uh, locally as well as around the world. And thank you for allowing Heidi and I and the teams of Mutual Faith to be an extension of your love as well. And of course, coming tonight and seeing the, the apostolic leaders of the house, Pastors Jim and Deborah, my, 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 isn't this wonderful? And uh, just so, Jim is as handsome as he's always been. Deborah's so beautiful, it should be illegal to be that beautiful, huh? Praise the Lord. Do you know she just celebrated her 20th anniversary of her 50th birthday? Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? So we're all celebrating with her, but the Lord's good. But I trust your heart's happy tonight. If it's not happy, just let it be still in the presence of the Lord. Because I want to talk to you a little bit about sponsoring the revelation of Jesus. Sponsoring the revelation of Jesus. You know, in this life, everything is sponsored. We've just come through this uh, heated political campaign. Actually, maybe we haven't come through it yet. We're still in the midst of it, right? With all the different challenges and court challenges and things and trying to find out what's truthful and what's not truthful kind of things. But did you notice how many, you know, hundreds of millions and even billions have been invested just in sponsoring a candidate? You know, whatever you do in life, it's sponsored. This ministry is sponsored. The revelation of Jesus that's, that's proclaimed here is sponsored by somebody. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about sponsoring the revelation of Jesus and why it's so important right now that you and I live our lives as, like Jesus said, the light of the world and as the salt of the earth. We have to expose the darkness and not only expose the darkness in our world and the circumstances of our life, which we need to, and we need to do it with great strength and authority, but we also need to expose the righteousness people carry in Christ Jesus. You know, when Jesus said he was the light of the world, he said that right after he met the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then he said, I am the light of the world. Do you know, the light of the gospel can expose to you how right with God you are in Christ Jesus. And the light of the gospel can also expose darkness. So it's kind of like a two-edged sword. But this is part of the sponsoring of the revelation of Jesus 
that I want to talk to you a little bit about. So follow along with me in some of the scriptures. Most of them we'll have on the screens. But I know you're going to be blessed much by it. And I want to show you what you've been up to just by being planted in this local church just since I saw you 12 months ago. So let me explain. Go with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Here's what the Bible says. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, this is in context of an offering. Now, Pastor Dan just received an offering for the local church and the different modern ways we can give. Now, it's beautiful that you can give instantly and, and periodically and from wherever you are. It's, it's, it's very, very powerful. Well, in the old days, Paul had believers in this church called Corinth and some of the other churches like Philippi who would give. They would sponsor the gospel. They would sponsor the revelation of Jesus, even in famine and hard times. And so he's making a, an announcement about a financial gift that was going to sponsor the revelation of Jesus to a group of people. And he said, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. There's certain gifts that it's hard to put human language with. Hard to say what you really want to say. It's like throughout the years I've known Pastor Jim, Pastor Deborah, I always don't know how to say thank you to them. When I first met them, you know, they were, I thought they had a gigantic church back in those days, and it was, of course, very small when we first met, you know, almost three decades ago or however long it's been. But uh, I've learned so much. I've, I've gleaned so much. I've gained so much about my calling, about my assignment, about about sponsoring the revelation of Jesus to the nations. I've learned it through you pastors. It's a, it's a gift to me that's, that's indescribable. But in same fashion as a financial gift sometimes is indescribable, the gift God gave us in Christ because Jesus was gifted to us, that too is indescribable. And this is the gift that you and I are settled in. I wrote the lyrics down to this song we just sang. I've, I've not heard it before. I loved it. But it said, knowing I found in Christ, knowing I'm found in Christ in your love forever. That's a, that's a great lyric. That's a great phrase. Knowing that I'm found in Christ in your love forever. Can, can you believe that? Can you comprehend that? How do you say thank you for that? It's, a, it's an indescribable gift, but this is what a believer needs to sponsor, this astonishing revelation of the love of the Father. And this is what we need to be addicted with. This is like the lyric of the, the, the psalmist whoever wrote this song. This, this is what needs to capture us, and this needs to be the truth that we're resting in that were settled in the gift. I think when I was here a year ago with you, I talked about being gift-wrapped. I had the little boxes, and uh, you know, a natural box that's all beat up and scarred and marked, and most people only know themselves according to themselves, the flesh, the box. But the gift, Jesus, is something we settle in, and we become gift-wrapped. The gift wraps us, it immerses us completely inside and outside. We are in him, he is in us. There's, 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 there's no words to articulate the beauty of the love of the lamb. But we're gift wrapped, we're in him. 
Thanks be unto God for this indescribable gift. But we have to know how to sponsor it. You know, we live in a wild world. Can somebody say amen, huh? We live, we live in a world that people uh, don't think uh, maybe with the understanding that you or I might have about God or the love of God or just life itself and how to manage life. And so you, you, you talk with all kinds of people in our day-to-day -day lives who are so broken, so discouraged, so overwhelmed, so addicted, so bound, and you can't reason with them. You, you need a breakthrough, something that's so astonishing that grips them deep in their soul. And it comes from the revelation of the gift. The gift God gave you, the gift God gave me in Christ. So I want to show you something tonight, just a few verses. But if you let it settle in, it'll slap you upside the head in a good way. You'll just want to nestle into the beauty and the strength of the grace of God. See, God's grace is found in the love of the Father. And the grace of God is his full favor that you have for anything you need. You have the unmerited favor of the Father that, 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 is, that is gifted to you. And in the grace of God, you, you, you can get saved. By grace, you're saved, the, the Bible says. Through faith, your faith receives what grace does. And it, it transforms you. It, it puts you out of the understanding of a natural person to a spiritual person. Somebody who's in Christ, you're, you're a new creation. You, you, you can change your whole way you think. And now you become a sponsor of the revelation of Jesus. You let your light shine. You announce the news in a way to influence and affect your world. And this is what we all need to like maybe step up our game to in a whole different dimension now because just of the struggles and tribulation that's in the hearts and minds of mankind. It's very important in our country now and very important around the world. I was talking with Pastor Jim a little bit uh, before the service and, and Pastor Dan, but I was telling them about the situations we have in Africa just within the last 10 days, just utter chaos in our campuses and people just begging me, please fly, 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 fly us out. We, we, we got to preserve our lives. We got to preserve our families. These horrific pressures on the earth now. And uh, it's very, very important that we know how to sponsor the revelation of Jesus all over the world. So go with me in your Bible, if you would please, to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. This is what I want to really talk about. 1 Peter 1, verse 10. It says this, of this salvation, the prophets, that's the old time preachers, okay, of the old covenant. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied. Prophecy means just to speak forth. They, they proclaimed, they announced something. They prophesied, they proclaimed of a grace that would come to you. Now let's pause for a moment. I love this phrase. The Apostle Peter in this text says, if you took everything that the old timers ever proclaimed and you boiled it down to one thing, it would be this. They all preached that grace would come to you. Grace would come to you. See, what you really need is the unmerited favor of the Father. 
You need a salvation that you didn't work for. You need a salvation that's gifted. You need to be in a place where your sins are forgiven, like the lyrics of the song we sang. And we know that he did a perfect work to perfect us forever. So they all proclaimed a grace that would come to you. Do you know what? You never need to chase grace. You don't need to qualify. You have been pre-approved. The gift does everything. The gift wraps you. And grace is found in Jesus. Jesus came bringing grace and truth. So the love of God in Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Peter, he said all the prophets proclaimed one truth to the very core, that grace would come to you. I want you to know tonight, no matter what pressure you're under, no, how, no matter how bad you're, you're, you're aching, no matter how you think your life and your world is falling apart, we could all testify of something, couldn't we? I mean, I could testify, make everybody depressed, you know what I'm saying? With just natural circumstances, but thank God we don't live according to the cardboard box. We live according to the gift. And we announce the beauty that grace has come to us. Look at the next verse says, verse 11. Searching what, or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. So he said grace would come to you, and then he talked about the sufferings of Christ. Can anybody uh, give me an idea of what the sufferings of Christ are? It's, it's, it's where Jesus went to the cross. It's where Jesus took all of our sin, all of our disease, all of our judgment. It was love demonstrated. That was the sufferings of Christ. So they explained the sufferings of Christ. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. And it said, <clears throat> the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. See, if you get caught up in this world system, in this world thinking, you can think we're living in just horrible days. But according to the Bible, according to this verse, we're living in glory time. Hallelujah. This is the good old days right now. I believe next year, in 12 months from now, we're going to look back and we're going to have testimonies that astonish us of the, of the mercy of God, of the grace of God. And we're going to look back favorably at what God has done, how he's worked in our lives, how he's worked in the church, how the church exploded with growth where people are receiving the love of the Father. I believe this is glory time. Amen? This is what was declared. They would preach the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. That means after the resurrection of Jesus. So we are living in our best days. You know, sometimes, to be honest with you, I, 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 I get discouraged, okay? I wish I could tell you I always live just at the high level emotionally, but I, I don't. And I can get all wound up with all the different things going wrong, seemingly, in our, in our work, in our ministry, in the world. Just like Pastor Dan was talking about this big explosion that you all came to our rescue. You all, you all sponsored the revelation of Jesus in Lebanon just through the generosity of your giving to the local church. And Pastor Dan, you know, sent this big offering. I, I, I texted him and I said, why, this, this, is, this is unbelievable. He said, it's amazing. Our people are generous. They're, they're giving. They, they, they love the gospel, you know. 
But this, this is going to be a time where we are going to have uh, good, uh, healthy, heartwarming uh, remembrances of what God is doing right now. So don't uh, get your mindset discouraged about anything. This is the good old days. This is the glory time because of the sufferings of Jesus and because of our faith in him. Let's go to the next verse real quick. Verse 11. Or verse 12, I'm sorry. He says, To them it was revealed, and not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Now, what I'm getting ready to preach to you is what the angels wish they knew. I'm just giving you my warm-up stuff. I'm getting ready to tell you something that if you listen and let it sink in your spirit, you can't help but get your heart happy. You can't help but experience the presence of the Lord in your personal lives. You can't help but rise up with a boldness to decree a thing and speak over circumstances with the faith of God. And this is what we need to do. You, you can't help but say, you know what? I'm the light of the world. I'm going to expose the darkness. I'm the light of the world. I'm going to expose to this person who he is in Christ, gift wrapped, the righteousness, who they, they, they can be through accepting Jesus. You know, there's, there's got to be a place where we rise up in strength and in boldness. And what I'm getting ready to share, the Bible says the angels desired to look into it. So you're getting information that is for the new covenant Christian. You're getting information for the believer, not the doubter. You're getting information for somebody who's fired up about Jesus, fired up about the local church, fired up about the kingdom of God, fired up about our nation, fired up about righteousness, fired up about, you know, the purposes of God. So are you ready? Here it is. Verse 13. Therefore, what's therefore, therefore? Everything I just said. Therefore, because the prophets of the past proclaimed that grace would come to you. That they proclaimed through the sufferings of Jesus, this is glory time. And that what you're getting ready to receive, the angels themselves wish they could understand. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Let's pause right there. Gird up the loins of your mind, like, uh, you know, loins, you like to eat like pork loin or something, you know, I think of like uh, having, a, you know, a pork loin steak or something, but, you know, the loin of a human body is kind of the midsection. You could say it's like the reproductive zone. The Bible says you gird up the loins of your mind. That means your mind can reproduce stuff. How many of you have had your mind just give you some goofy thoughts? You know, I mean, I'm a gospel preacher. And today, I had the most vicious, wicked, ungodly thought. And I thought to myself, now how in the world could that slide in there? I'm such a nice guy, you know? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm preaching at the rock of all places. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, how did that 
thought get it you know you have thoughts that try to get into your mindset and they want to settle so you think about them and then you speak about them and then you find the fruit of those thoughts in your life but the bible says you gird up the loins of your mind in other words this this is this is this is a battle zone if you're going to live out what i'm talking about okay you're going to have to fight for this kind of victory you're going to have to fight for radical love you're going you're gonna to have to take your place. If you're going to live out the lyrics of the songs you're singing, you're going to have to take, you're going to have to take serious inventory of your head and your heart and say, I'm in this thing. See, it's like in our world today. Our world is so challenged. We, we, you know, we're challenged in America. If I, if I begin to explain some of our challenges internationally, I mean, it's, it, 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 it's depressing in the natural realm. So I'm girding up the loins of my, because I'm serious about this thing. I'm just a young guy. I'm not near as old as Jim Colbray. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, he's, he's an old man. You know, no, he's, he's a, but no, is, is while we're, while we're in our earth suit, we're going to be, we're going to be serious about the things of the kingdom and be bold and expose darkness and proclaim righteousness to people and tell them awake to your righteousness. Let the light of the gospel speak through you. So it says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. That means, like, be serious. You know, when I hear the word sober, I always think about somebody who's loaded. You know what I mean? Somebody who's a little drunk and a little, you know, wheezy. You know, you know what I mean? You know, somebody who's been like, uh, you know, they, they, they can't walk the line. I remember one time I was preaching for the rock years ago. It was a night service, maybe after a Sunday night service or something. Maybe I preached the weekend service. I can't remember. And I was driving home back to the San Fernando Valley, and I was happy. Sometimes after I preach, I can't sleep. I can't slow down. I'm wound up for a couple hours. So I was on the L.A. freeways moving rapidly from one lane to another and going very fast. I was speeding, and uh, I was just happy. And uh, I saw some lights flashing, you know, behind me over in Pasadena. And I looked down. I was going like 85, and I said, oh, I bet that's for me, you know. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was very dark at night, and so I pulled over, and the officer comes and says, I got a flashlight. He, I rolled down. He, he looks at me, and he said, uh, you know, you're speeding and you're going from lane to lane to lane, cutting and you're, you're driving very dangerous. I said, oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, are you, are you sober? I said, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't drink. I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a preacher. I always tell police I'm a preacher. Hallelujah. I get that in right away. I, I just came from this meeting. I'm trying to find a little favor. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah, huh? And sometimes, sometimes with the police officers, you don't get the grace kind of favor. You have to work for the favor. Hallelujah. So you got to tell them a thing or two. So I said, no, I, I don't drink. I said, uh, I, I said, I was out at this church in San Bernardino. They're a wild bunch out there, you know. And, but, you know, he, he thought I was drunk. And, you know, he, he didn't give me a ticket. But I'll never forget, he didn't make me get out and walk the line. Thank God. But, but in kingdom business, you've got to be sober-minded. 
Gird up the loins of your mind. Don't let it reproduce nonsense and filth and failure in anything of this world system. And speak for righteousness. Speak for the love of the Lamb of God. Be sober about it. So then it goes on to say, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is being brought to you in the revelation of Jesus. Rest your hope fully upon grace. Let's pause. Rest your hope fully upon grace. You know, last Wednesday night, I listened to your service. I tuned in live online. And uh, there was a beautiful message on, on hope. Very powerful. And uh, you know what I like about this particular passage? It says you rest your hope fully, not on the Republican Party, not on the Democratic Party, not on socialism, not on your 401k. Don't rest your hope on your husband. Don't rest your hope on your wife. Don't rest your hope on the visiting preacher. Dear Lord, never do that. Hallelujah, huh? Don't rest your hope on anything but grace. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. You rest your hope fully on grace. What's grace? The simplest Bible definition, the unmerited favor of the Father. Listen, you have no skin in the game. Get over yourself. Be honest with God. Come as a loser that you know you are. Come as broken as you know you are. It's no big deal. Come on in. We're all family. Come in to the family of God. And set your hope on grace. Set your hope on grace. You know, through the years of ministry, there's so many things I set my hope on. Oh, man, I'd set my hope. I remember trying to buy the Middle East Life Center. Man, I... Set my hope on just trying to get this facility that's been nothing but a lot of work after you get it. A lot of headache and a lot of heartache. You know, then you set your hope on your, your wife or your kids or your grandkids. No, no, I don't set my hope on nothing but the grace of God. I set my hope on grace, which, look at it says now, is being brought to you. This, by the way, is written in present tense. Set your hope on grace, which is being brought to you. It's delivered. It's Ubered in. There's a heavenly delivery system for grace. For the favor of the Father, and that's what you need. In the grace of God, you'll find all sufficiency. In the grace of God, you'll find all wisdom. In the grace of God, you'll find all the prosperity you could ever dream of. Set your hope on grace, which is being brought to you. It's being brought to you in the revelation of Jesus. I like that phrase, brought to you by. Brought to you by. The nightly news is brought to you by the ABC drug company or, you know, pharmaceutical or whatever. The sporting it is brought to you by whatever brewery. Everything is sponsored. Grace is sponsored. 
Grace just doesn't show up without a delivery system in place. And the delivery system is the Lamb of God. Grace is being brought to you in the revelation of Jesus. Grace is not attainable any other way. Because Jesus is the grace of God. That's why the old timers, according to Peter, preached it. And he said, if you boil down everything they ever said, it was about the lamb. It's about the love of the lamb. It's about the grace of God. Set your hope on grace, which is being brought to you. It's brought to you by the revelation of Jesus. Grace is brought to you by, not Jesus, the revelation of Jesus. Let me say it again. Grace is brought to you by, not Jesus, the revelation of Jesus. Let me explain what I mean when I say that. See, today there's all kinds of people, you know, we can walk outside and walk down, you know, Waterman or any of the streets around and any of the neighborhoods and talk to people or go to any, you know, place where people gather, which not many places now people gather, but if you talk to people, they all know about Jesus. And they're living apart from the grace of God because they don't understand the revelation of Jesus. See, most People only know Jesus according to the flesh, the box. They don't know Jesus according to the gift of what he's done. See, if you just study in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to learn about Jesus in the flesh and understand who the Father is to you. But if you read the epistles, what theologians call the Pauline epistles, the letters, there's not one Bible story about Jesus according to the flesh. You know Jesus according to his redemptive work, the cross. This is where you get all the in him realities. The Pauline revelation is where the love of God breaks open for you and lifts you to the place you need to be. And when grace lifts you, you captured somehow, in some way, by the mercy of God, an understanding of the revelation of Jesus. This is why, you know, people ask me the last decade or so, why I take time and speak so much on the love of God. I'm addicted. I'm loaded. It's, it's the only way I can survive. It's the only way I stay sane. Seriously. I'm addicted to being loved. Because when I'm being loved by the Father, I understand the full work of the Lamb who's lifted me. Do you know, when people fall away from the Pauline revelation or understanding Jesus according to the finished work, let me say it that way. And just, not just understand Jesus according to the flesh, but understand Jesus according to the cross. You know, people fall asleep to it. The Bible tells a story. Remember Paul's preaching? The Pauline revelation is preaching. He preaches till midnight. Remember that? 
the dude on the third floor falls out the window? Huh? Dead. See, but if you're the light of the world, if grace has got you, if love moves you, what Paul do? He went down, the Bible says, and he laid on him. He gave him a grace embrace. And lifted him back to where he was and everybody rejoiced. They stayed up until morning, talking, celebrating, and they had communion. You know, when you have a massive miracle like that, it seems like you'd want to have a party and have a big dance or something. They had communion. That's the way I celebrate. I love communion. Every day I can get it. Anybody comes to my office, I give it to them. I don't care if they're nominal Christians, I give it to them and I tell them who they are in Christ. You know why? Because it can lift you. And today you need to be lifted. I need to be lifted. We need people in our lives that surround us, that love us, and speak to us from the revelation of the Lamb of God. The Pauline revelation. Set your hope on grace. It's being brought to you. It's being sponsored by the revelation of Jesus. Well, if grace is sponsored by the revelation of Jesus, who sponsors the revelation of Jesus? Let me say it again. If grace is sponsored by the revelation of Jesus, who sponsors the revelation of Jesus? You do. I do. We do. You, me, we. This is why we come to church. This is why we need our fellowship. We need to see eyeball to eyeball. We need to give a high five even if it's a, you know, from six feet apart. We need to announce the news of the Lamb of God over each other. We need to gather. Give the Lord a shout, whether you like it or not. Amen? We need to gather. And what you and I do, we sponsor the revelation of Jesus. That's what we preach, Jesus. And when Jesus is preached, grace is available. Grace does all the work through the revelation of the Lamb. And this is what you've done. Let me show you something that's kind of cool. I think I sent some pictures. Do we have a picture? This is just some of the... This is since I was with you last year, 12, 12 months ago. This was like in December last year. This is in a refugee camps. Now, they all look like Muslims, but they're all born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues. Yeah. Syrian refugees. Go, go, this is, see, my wife was with me there. This is the center. This is right when COVID hit. We had to cancel everything, but we're still preaching. Some people gathering. Let's go on. In the Life Center, this, some of the leaders from around the Middle East came. Let's go on. Boy, I got almost as much hair as Jim Colbray, gray hairs. I'm still a lot better looking than he is, though, so that's, that's what's important right now. Anyway, look at this. Here's, here's uh, this explosion. That, that Pastor Dan was talking about, I don't know, maybe you all saw a video of it or something. I don't know, but this thing, it like annihilated everything. 
And uh, your church came to the rescue. And I didn't even ask for money. I didn't call Pastor Dan. I didn't, I didn't, call, I didn't, I didn't call nobody, to be honest with you. I never, I, never, I never asked for a dime. I was depressed for like 72 hours. Wow. But then people would sponsor the revelation of Jesus so there could be rebuilding. Let's, let's, let's go to the next picture. This is, was built, dedicated last December. New, new life home for, for, for our, our, our campus there. All the cement and everything poured for boys and girls. Let's go to the next picture. All these little ones, boy, they're a bunch of rascals. You know, God help us, hallelujah. Let's extend our hand. Oh, no, anyway, they're good kids. But, you know, how, how, this is in Muslim areas. How are people transformed if somebody doesn't sponsor the revelation of Jesus? Because the revelation of Jesus sponsors grace. You got to have somebody that announces the news. You got to have somebody that distributes the food. That's why I love The Rock. You know, you all are so practical and have always been practical in stewards, tremendous stewards. And the thousands and tens of thousands of people you'll, you all are sponsoring because you're giving, you're sponsoring the revelation of Jesus to somebody that may not be all okay. And somebody's got to love people. You do. I said, you do. And you do through your giving. You're sponsoring. Go ahead. Yeah, clap like you mean it. Praise the Lord. Let's go to another picture. Oh, this is the pavilion. We just built this. It's a big basketball court. We do outreaches and campaigns. And Oh, man, I played a basketball game there. I was atrocious. You know, I thought I was young. You know, one day when I was young, I used to be, I used to be you know, I was okay. And uh, I played against Magic Johnson in high school, and I always like my Magic Johnson story because it makes me feel good about myself. But when I played in the Philippines, I'm miserable. I'm absolutely pathetic. But all these people, it's like they're having brand new life. You know why? Because somebody sponsors the revelation of Jesus by building facilities to reach all these village people. Somebody does. Somebody does. This is why it's very important because the, when the revelation of Jesus is sponsored, then... Grace is available. And when grace is available, every need is met. Let me show you one other thing. You know, uh, people have always asked me. I, I had a big uh, project that I was going to do this year. And uh, my wife never had peace with it. Uh, but I said, Heidi, we, we've never had peace with nothing, you know. I mean, really, I mean, you, you, you stumble, you know, like in my ministry, you just stumble through things. I mean, you work to a place of peace, but then you open your eyes and you're scared stiff, you know. And so uh, there was this, this big thing that we were going to do, which it, God rearranged it. And Heidi was so happy. But I'm still always announcing dreams of sinners and retreats. You know why? Because the older I get, I want to work with young people. I want to I work with the 20s and the 30s. And the, I, I want people in that generational group who understand the love of God in such astonishing ways that they can present the beauty of the Lamb in all of the countries around the world where we have campuses and teams. So I'm, I'm building retreat centers where people can come and really experience 
the beauty of God's love in Christ. So I just want you to know, you and I can sponsor the revelation of Jesus, and the revelation of Jesus will do all the work. It'll sponsor grace. Grace is being brought to you. You know what you should do like this week? You should make this Bible verse like your theme verse. And when you're disappointed, say to yourself, grace is being brought to me. Grace is being brought to me in the revelation of Jesus. And then take a moment and, and have, have a Bible verse about the death and rising of Jesus and say it to yourself. Have a song. You know what I've been doing? Don't tell anybody. But I've been listening to kids' worship songs. I'll go to bed at night all, all through COVID. In my discouragement, I'll listen to kids' worship about Jesus. And I'm thrilled. Grace is being brought to you. Personalize it. Don't leave yourself out because you think you've been naughty. Naughty means nothing. Realign your eyes, realign your mindset with Jesus, and your naughtiness will fade away. When you awake to righteousness, you sin not. You just need an awakening. Ain't God good? I don't know how long I'm supposed to preach, but I think I'm, I shut my Bible, so I must be finished. Are you all glad? Did you all enjoy the word tonight? Give the Lord a shout. <laughs> Hallelujah! Set your hope on grace, which is being brought to you in the revelation of Jesus. Oh, I got to show you something. Go with me to the next verse. Oh, this is going to make you happy. You know how some people always get disappointed with this. Go to uh, verse 14. 1 Peter 1, 14. It's brought to you in the revelation of Jesus as obedient children. Let's pause. Now, according to Peter, who's speaking as an oracle of God, Peter says that you're obedient in life when you just behold Jesus. Peter says if your mind can be in tune to the revelation of Jesus where grace is delivered, if you can just have your mind fixed on the revelation of the Lamb, you're an obedient person. You know, I've, I used to get so frustrated with me because I was such a loser. You know, I just wasn't good at anything. I'm not good praying constantly for hours. I'm not good studying the scripture for hours. I thought, Lord, how in the world did you ever put me into the ministry? I'd get depressed. And I was in the ministry. People thought I was very successful and whatever. And I was depressed. But I've learned that when I behold the Lamb, I'm an obedient child. And so are you. Don't let people in your mindset get you sidetracked. Let your obedience start with your beholding.
And then your footsteps are going to follow. Your witnessing will follow. All these things that you want to do, you will do by beholding Jesus. This is the way you're obedient. As obedient children, look at this. Not conforming yourselves to the former lust. Ah. As in your ignorance. Ignorance is not something you don't know. It's someone you do not know. Ignorance is just not knowing Jesus. And it says, if you're obedient, beholding the Lamb, you will not conform yourself to the former lust, the cardboard box of the flesh, of flesh life. No, you'll yield to the gift and live in Christ and live a spirit-led life with Christ's life manifesting through you. And you do it beholding. So don't, don't be too hard on yourself tonight thinking you didn't do enough this week or whatever. Listen, grace is coming to you, friend. Grace is coming to you tonight. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.